Today's scripture reading is from Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. In addition to your own Bible, you may find it on the back side of your message notes. If you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each, each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language. Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, as we discovered last Sunday, 
Jesus' ascension to the heavens didn't mean he was going away. It meant that he was going to be enthroned at the right hand of the Father. And there from his throne, then he could rule through his, uh, through his followers. And so they waited in Jerusalem until 10 days had passed. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus whose spirit went up with him into the heavens, now has sent down his spirit into uh, all of those who were there that room, in that room with him. There were 120 people or so there that day. And on that day, the Holy Spirit came upon his followers and the worldwide ministry of Jesus through his church, his ecclesia, was born that day. So in many ways, this is the birthday of the church and we celebrate it today on Pentecost Sunday. And so as you saw the text happened. There was a massive display of the Spirit of God in their room as they were praying there together. And when the Spirit came on them, they went out and began to speak in language that they had never heard. And people all over the Mediterranean seaboard were hearing the Word of God proclaimed to them in their own in their own language. And some were dubious about this and they were mocking. And what do they say about them? Did you catch it? They're filled with new wine. You know, they're drunk, <laughs> uh, which seems kind of a strange thing to read about for us since we're sitting here right next to a saloon, you know, uh, and I think it's kind of appropriate that we're sitting right next to a, soon, a saloon. And Peter got up and said, uh, he said, you know, you know, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. How could we be drunk so far? It's almost as if if you called a couple of later, we might be, but they're not. Nine, what time are we meeting today? Nine o'clock in the morning. So we're on Pentecost Sunday. And for us, too, we're celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit into his church. Yes, our church began here about seven years ago when the Buffalo Chip opened its doors to us. And we began to meet. And as you know, uh, with this television show that we had to do a few weeks ago, they asked us about the beginning of our church and how we were here and how that's grown to be this kind of... But you know, the real birthday of the church is not on Easter Sunday, seven years ago for us. We're a part of a long chain, which goes all the way back to Pentecost Sunday. And even beyond that, really, because God has always had a people. It makes it very clear here that the, uh, that the Holy Spirit came to them on Pentecost when they were gathered in one place. So we should ask the question, why was the church born on Pentecost Sunday? It didn't become a holiday when the church was born. It had already been a holiday and still is in the Jewish tradition for going back another 2,000 years before our own sense of Pentecost Sunday and the birthday of the church. Why was the church born on Pentecost and what what significance does that have for us as we celebrate it this morning? So I wanted to talk to you briefly about two aspects of this special day uh, this morning. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Jewish roots of Pentecost Sunday and then the Christian fruits of Pentecost Sunday. The Jewish roots, the Christian fruits. The Pentecost Sunday was one of the three very important holidays in the Jewish calendar and it is still today. It's a holiday that, is, uh, that occurs 50 days. Pente means, it has to do with 50. 50 days after, not Easter, but Passover. It's the 50th day after Passover. Now, some of you have been reading with me in the Community Bible Reading Project that we're reading together. And many of you have, are, you're waiting your way through what book? Leviticus, right? 
Leviticus. And this past week, you read about Pentecost Sunday. Maybe you didn't know about it, but let me read out of the 23rd chapter in Leviticus, where it says there, you shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, you shall count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall present a grain offering of new grain to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwelling places two loaves of bread to be waved and two tenths of an ephah. They shall be made of fine flour and they shall be baked with leaven as first fruits to the Lord. This was the festival of first fruits. It occurred 50 days after you'd first planted your harvest, right? And then the, the first fruits start to come in as an act of gratitude and as an act of faith. Gratitude and faith. You would bring the first fruits of that harvest, the first bananas that grew on the tree. Well, they didn't plant bananas, did they? But the first, they'd bring those first fruits as an act of gratitude to the Lord and also as an act of faith that God would continue to provide. Recognition that all the way, and that's why we, one of the reasons we sang that song, May the People's Praise You. The blessing that we have is a blessing that comes from, from you. So they would bring it. And so this was called the festival of the first fruits. It was the celebration of new life and of God's blessing. Here's something I picked up from a Jewish website currently. They wrote this, the period from Passover to Shavuot, that's what they call this holiday, Pentecost. Shavuot is a time of great anticipation. We count each of the days from the second day of Passover to the day before Shavuot, 49 days or seven full weeks, hence the name of the festival. The counting reminds us of the important connection between Passover and Shavuot. Passover freed us physically from bondage, but the giving of the Torah on Shavuot redeemed us spiritually from our bondage to idolatry and to immorality. Shavuot is also known as Pentecost because it falls on the 50th day. Now, let me interpret a little bit of this for you. The Jewish people left Egypt on Paso, uh, for Passover. The angel of death came, and because they had placed their faith by the putting of blood on the, the doorpost, the angel of death passed over them. And so they celebrate Passover as the great act of deliverance all the way from the time of when they were in Egypt. And it was a celebration of their deliverance from Egypt. So Passover is a celebration of deliverance. And what did they do? They came out, they crossed the Red Sea, and according to their tradition, it took them 50 days to get to Sinai. It took them 50 days to get down to the mountain. And down at the mountain, that's where they were called to be, that's where they were brought together as the people of God. So there's that 50-day period of time that Jews celebrate even today when God had led them out of Egypt into, uh, across the Red Sea and up to the land of, 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 of Sinai. And what was it that happened there at Sinai? Some Critical issues happened to them there on Sinai. They were then now made part of God's covenant people. God established his covenant with them, right? And he gave to them his law, his Torah. And he also, at the end of that time, he said, now I want you to build a canvas canopy, which is exactly what they did. A place of worship. And so when you read through the book of Exodus, you have all this... Uh, 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 it's like a page-turning 
novel of all things that things that happened with Moses and Egypt and and the and the and the and the plagues and the Passover and the crossing the Red Sea and the going to Sinai and where God places um, uh, when they make the covenant with God when He says you're going to be my particular people these are the people through whom He is going to rescue the world they're going to be His people I will be your God you will be my people here are my ten words the ten commandments here is the the the, the stipulations of the covenant and I want you to build for me a tent. And when you're reading that from this vantage point, you read about all the description of all the stuff that's going to go on and you go, this is boring. But it's not boring to them. And it's not boring in the biblical story because this is the first moment at which we see that God who had basically, uh, that the, the God who had basically appeared only to Abraham before and to Isaac, uh, excuse me, and to Jacob, now is coming to live among his people. I will be your God, and you will be my people. And so the tent is built, and the glory of God comes into that. So this is the, uh, the, 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 the festival which remembers the covenant of God, and the word of God, and the presence of God. It's a massive time of celebration. So the the Jewish holiday has both an agricultural application and an historical application. Agriculturally, it was when they would bring their first fruits as an act of gratitude to God for his blessing and as an act of trust for God for his continued provision. But historically, it was the reminder for them and later tradition, and especially at Jesus' time, when they would remember that God had brought them to the mountain. God had spoken on the mountain. What happened on the mountain? Smoke and lightning and loud you know, chaos that happened on the mountain. And out of that mountain came Moses who brought to them the words, the ten words, and they said they would do it. But of course they didn't, right? They were, make, they were breaking the commandments even as they were agreeing to them, which is true for all of humanity, not just them. And then ultimately God says, I, will build, I want you to build my tent among you. I'll make you a covenant with you. So it's a celebration of their covenant with God, of their receipt of God's words, and their presence of God in their midst, in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle. So this was that feast. It was one of the three main feasts of the year for the Jewish people. Now, what are the, those are the Jewish roots of the holiday. What then are some of the Christian fruits which we see? Now, do you see, Jesus could have had his church be started on any day. Do you think it's accidental that it happened on Pentecost Sunday? Like, it just, oh, my goodness, I forgot all about it. It was Pentecost. It is of extreme significance, and it is tragic that so many Christian people, and sometimes evangelical Christians are the worst, have lost the whole Old Testament out of their Bibles. All they care about is what Jesus did, but they don't understand what everything that Jesus did was based upon that Jewish history which had led up to him. Jesus was himself that final faithful Israelite who alone among all the Israelites actually fulfilled all the commands of the law and lived in accordance with its principles and therefore was able to give himself as the penalty for the, the breaking of the law. He could do that, but he didn't do that just as God the Son, which of course he was, but he also did it as Jesus, the Jew, the perfect Jew, who was the federal head of his people, who died under the weight of the world's evil so that he could rise through it and bring new life. 
And so, yes, it is no, no accident that it was on Pentecost Sunday that the blessings of Easter, which were given to Jesus through his resurrection from the dead, were now disseminated throughout the world when the new creation which came to Jesus on Easter Sunday, when his dead body was made new and alive and came, was given an incorruptible body, a body which he still has today. He didn't just leave it here when he left. He took it with him. That same body, that same new life that is his, that spirit now then has been poured out. And new life and new creation came out on Pentecost. Now maybe you can see some of the parallels to the Christian Pentecost and the Jewish Pentecost. If you can, let me give to you a few. On Pentecost Sunday, we were given new creation by the Spirit of God. We're given a new community as the people of God. We're given a new covenant by the word of God. Number one, we are given a new creation by the spirit of God. When you heard that story, it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were saying, and tongues of fire appeared among them and rested on them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the news, as the Spirit gave to them utterance. We see in the, when, the, when Moses went up on the mountain, there was thunder and lightning and smoke. When the Spirit came down to the people, there were similar physical manifestations of that smoke and a fire and cloud that came on. See, no longer on the mountain or in the tabernacle, but now resting on each individual person was God's presence right there. God's presence had come to Moses on the mountain accompanied by smoke and fire and trembling and lightning. God's presence came into the, in the tabernacle after they had built it at the end of Exodus and with the glory of God filled it and no one could get inside. And now God's presence through his Holy Spirit is coming on just average men and women together and now his presence is coming within them. The power of the resurrection of Jesus was being given to individual persons that day. The Holy Spirit was given to them. And remember, the Pentecost was also a festival of first fruits, a festival when you would give your first fruits to the, back to the Lord of, of, of your harvest. And believe it or not, the Holy Spirit is called the first fruit. Romans 8 to 23. And not only the creation... But we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan eagerly, inwardly as we eagerly await for adoption as sons. The redemption, not just of our souls, but of our bodies. What a beautiful picture that is. The Apostle Paul, who's writing this some 20 or 30 years after these events have happened, he's saying that the Holy Spirit is given to us as first fruits, a perfect, a direct parallel to the first fruits. When the first fruits of the people were offered as their promise to God and they're trusting in God for the future, we have received the first fruits of the Spirit as God's promise to us for our future, that someday all of creation will be renewed by the Spirit of God. And we who groan now, it says, and wait eagerly for our adoption as sons. We've been adopted, but we still live in this world where everything's not quite right, both with in us and without us, we have the first fruits of the Spirit, and we wait for the redemption of our 
bodies. Now, I know a lot of you are younger than me, and your bodies work just perfectly. But mine is getting to be a little bit older. And some of you, I hate to say it, are even older than me. And your bodies don't work quite so well. I got bad news for you. It's not going to get better. Unless you believe in the resurrection of the body. Christians believe in the resurrection of the body because one day their Savior died and was buried and was raised from the dead and said, I'm hungry. Can we have some breakfast? And said, touch me. I'm not a ghost. And they were as amazed at that as you would be if you saw it visually. Only a few hundred people ever saw it. But the story about his resurrection began to ignite people so that we await eagerly that new hip. It's going to be perfect someday, right there, Stephen? All of those things, those cancers that eat away at us, they're going to be gone someday. And there will be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering. We've been made new by the Spirit of God. And even beyond that, his Spirit is within us so that we can live according to the dictates of those Ten Commandments. They don't come to us from the outside in saying, Thou shalt lie, not lie. But the Bible teaches us in Ezekiel and in Jeremiah that the commandments of God would be and now are written on our hearts so that we know in our hearts we will not lie. And we have the power to do that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have new creation within us. It won't be finished until the consummation when Jesus returns and fully restores our bodies. Remember, we just had the first fruits uh, and fully renews this world, but it's there within us. And we're called to live according to the true new humanity. Live to the better angels of our nature. You all know what it's like. You know that you want to be a selfless person but there's something within you that makes you want to be a selfish person. Well, the Holy Spirit lives within you as you have responded in faith to Jesus Christ and allows you to be the selfless person, the serving person, the, the, the person who uses your resources to serve others, not the person who uses others, other people's resources to serve you, right? Yeah. We've been made new creation by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is what gave life to the church. And just as we, uh, we, the word for spirit is the word breath. And just as when someone is dead, they stop breathing. So too, when breath comes into our bodies, all of a sudden, we had an existence prior, but now we have a life, a new life. We're a new creation, and we're seeking to learn what it means to keep in step with that spirit, to walk according to that drum, knowing that the old self is still within us that battles against us, but there is the Holy Spirit of God inside of us who comes into our lives and strengthens us and empowers us and enables us to be his witnesses and makes us brand new and builds in us his fruit, those fruit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control, all these things he working those things in and out of us until that final redemption day when our bodies and spirits and souls and all will be remade in him. Yes, Pentecost, at the day of Pentecost, we were made new creation by the Spirit of God. 
But also, number two, we became a new community as the people of God. A new community of, as the people of God. Yes, you notice what happens in there is that you have all these people together from all different languages. And they're suddenly hearing the works of God in their own language. And, and they're saying, who are these babblers? There's a direct reference to the Tower of Babel. When God uh, confused the languages of people... And created a, and, and we, were, we, we, we found ourselves at odds with other human beings, forgetting about our shared humanity and focusing only on our differences. And so we had cultures divided. And even in the Jewish family, there was a very definite sense of we're in and you're out. But now, of course, once Jesus has come and once the Holy Spirit has come, they are made to be a new community in there. That's why in all those words with Janice had to read all those crazy places that she thought, why did he give me those texts? I almost left them out just for you. Uh, these are all these communities around there. They had so many differences. And now, and now the, they are brought together. And one of the beautiful things, one of the true witnesses of the truth of the gospel was that all over the Mediterranean seaboard, these brand new communities gathered as witnesses to the gospel, but they became brothers and sisters, people who would never have spoken to one another before, now worshiped together and ate from the same table of the Lord together. Masters and their slaves, men and women, Jews and, and Greeks, um, Jews and Gentiles, barbarians, all kinds of people all became one family under the, uh, under the, uh, under the Spirit of God. It was the reversal of Babel which celebrated people when he brought him to himself that's why peter says in his in his sermon for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the lord calls to himself we are we have been brought together as the people of god and even on that day it wasn't just the men who received the spirit of god it was the women as well which was a revolutionary idea at that time women were welcomed into the family of god and the same standing as men were together and the spirit of god was given they're all brought together and so we see that the great testimony to the truth of the gospel was this brand new community that this if we read the rest of the chat, second chapter, we would see that they were all together. They were united in love, following the apostles' teaching, devoted to one another, sharing with one another. A brand new family began. And it's a family which goes beyond ethnic and gender boundaries, but creates us all together. A new community as the people of God. Whereas with the original Jewish community, there were very different boundaries and markers that made people different from one another. You had to get into that community in order to know the, the, the blessing of God. Now, the, the God. now that time had ended, and now the blessing was available not just to those who were ethnic Jews, but to all all people, and the promise given to the very first Jew, his name was Abraham, the promise that in him all families of the earth would be blessed was now being fulfilled, and that's what Peter is saying. The Holy Spirit has been given on, uh, 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 so that all, everyone, verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, male servants and female servants, old men, young men, sons and daughters, God's Spirit has brought everybody together so that all can be part of the people of God. Yes, your 
Pentecost celebration is not just an individual experience of the Spirit of God, but as a corporate experience as the family of God. One of the tragedies of our American culture is we've become so individualistic that we forget we're part of a family, a family which transcends geographic and ethnic boundaries. We're all part of a people of God. Yes. So we received, first of all, a new creation by the Spirit of God, and then next, a new, a new community as the people of God. Excuse me for a moment. And then we also received a new covenant by the word of God. It was begun when Jesus first met with his disciples there on the night before he was crucified when he said, this is my new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. But its blessings began to be passed out among them on that day when they, it says in verse 11, we hear them telling the mighty works of God. Whereas in the original uh, uh, celebration of Pentecost the, the, that they remember on the Mount of Sinai, the, the word of God came out on tablets carried by Moses, written for them. Now the word of God has been placed deep within their hearts. The law of God is being to re, be, be written on their hearts. The Torah is not just on tablets, but it's in their hearts. And they have now an intimacy with God, which had never before happened. Think about this. There was such a glorious time when the tabernacle was built and the glory of God came into the tabernacle. But of course, no one could get inside. Some of you remember that. No one could get inside. The glory of God filled the temple. In the whole book of Leviticus, God is speaking to Moses. He's outside the tent, right? And we have all these sacrifices, all these things they've got to do, all the washings you got to do. Because though God had chosen those people, they were unclean and they were, they were corrupted. And so they had to go through ritual acts of purity in order to be able to be in God's place. And of course, when in the first sentence of Deuteronomy, we read about that, that now the Lord is speaking from within the tent to Moses. That they're able to come in, but there's this barrier. There's the tabernacle. There's the holy place. There's the holy of holy places. No one get in there but one guy one time per year and you better be careful. They tied a rope around his leg in case he died. They could pull him out without dying themselves. He, that's what they did. It was a scary thing to be in the presence of God. That's where the spirit of, of God was. But on Pentecost Sunday, the spirit of God which had until that moment resided within the person of Jesus. The glory of God is within him. That's why he ascended so that he could go to the heavens and then now distribute his spirit. And now the Holy Spirit of God has come into human hearts. The word of God written on their hearts. The spirit of God living with them, within their hearts. Giving them power. Power to be new people. Brand new people to live according to the ways of God. This is what happened there on that day and their lives were changed the same people who had run away from trouble a few weeks before now we're running right into trouble why they had a new power well this is why we celebrate pentecost sunday because on pentecost sunday we remember that on that day we were made a new creation by the spirit of god a new community as the people of god and we received a new covenant to pronounce the mighty works of God, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, even as Peter did that day when he said, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as you read through that story, 
you see that Peter preaches a powerful message about Jesus and challenges those people to respond to him. And even as he, as he ends that message, it says, to, it says about them, when, this is in the 37th verse, it's not printed for you, but when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God, our God calls, calls to himself. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were 3,000 people added to their fellowship that day. I want to invite you on this Pentecost Sunday to respond in faith to Jesus, to celebrate the presence of God as he came out from the mountain, out from the tabernacle, and down from the heavens to live in our own hearts as we respond to him by faith. If you've not responded in faith to Jesus, why not today? And if you have been living, as I sometimes find myself doing too, living according to the old way of your life, as a follower of Jesus, will you repent? And will you say, Holy Spirit, take control of my life. Take control of my life and help me to be the man or the woman that you want for me to breathe. Let's have prayer while we close. Lord Jesus, I'm so very grateful and thankful that we can celebrate Pentecost Sunday here today. I'm thankful that we have the privilege of being your people. I'm thankful that we have, the, have, been, have been given a new life by your spirit and a new family. Thank you for all these things. We thank you that that covenant was initiated when Jesus sat with his disciples and said, this is my body, this is my blood. What they didn't know, but what he knew was that he was going to die that day under the weight of the world's evil and divested of its power by being raised the next day, three days later, to new life, that he could someday give it to all of us. Help us not to neglect to receive that great gift of salvation. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen.